My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. Hello, friends and family from around the country. I'm having a a very good friend of mine. He's more like a brother to me. Uh, this young man, even though he uh, he looks about as old as I do, he's not. He's an amazing, amazing voice for the conservatives, uh, conservative movement out there. He has been all over the mainstream media lately. His videos have been uh, tearing it up as he breaks through the minutia of propaganda and BS that surrounds so many mainstream news outlets that want to continue to use race as a reason why we can't make it. My friend, the Officer Tatum, Brandon Tatum, my brother. How you doing today? <laughs> What's up, man? What's up? What's up? What's up? You, I see you trying to say I, I look old, man. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's that full beard, you know, it always makes you look older than you are. But uh, you're also very mature. So, you know, I, I got a, that mutual respect for you as a brother uh, that's closer in age. But you still got that young. You still in your 30s there with your little newborn <laughs> baby and stuff, man. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I lo- love you, brother. Love your posts. Love your content. But love you as a person. Love you as a man. Uh, you're you're an amazing role model to so many. And right now, Lord knows we need a lot more people that are willing to stand up and speak their truth. Uh, and and their truth is is on point. So honored to have you on today. It's my pleasure, man. It's my pleasure. So tell us a little bit of your background I, before I get into this. You had you had this hit on BBC that went absolutely crazy. Let me let me show this for those that for those that don't know who Brandon Tatum is. Uh, if you look at his YouTube channel, he's got 1.6 million followers, uh, 1.62, let me get that two in there, million followers on YouTube. Your videos go crazy, 144, 105. I mean, you you, you just, you are breaking the mold, man. I, you know, most conservatives, a lot of the ones that I know, I don't get that kind of love over there on YouTube, but you focused your attention over there and people absolutely love your content. There you are with uh, uh, David Clark. People love your content. Uh, but this this BBC, I think a lot of people saw the BBC clip that you did where they tried to, again, paint the issue of blacks being killed by white officers as like this is some, you know, this is a national emergency. Uh, and you you continue to shed light on that. So first, let's cover your background. You were a pol- you were a police for five, six years. Yeah, about, about six and a half years. And then SWAT. Yeah, I did SWAT. I was a field training officer. I trained new officers. I taught at the academy. I taught new officers and other officers at the academy. Uh, I was a public information officer, I was, the, which is the spokesperson for the police department. When I only had two years on the department, a department that only had about 14 black people on it, you know, out of a thousand officers. So um, I did a lot on the police department and I enjoyed thoroughly uh, being a police officer, being a hero. And I enjoyed what I did. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm, you said the word. Uh, I absolutely believe that our LEOs are heroes going out every single day to protect and serve. I have to believe at least 99% of everybody that puts on that uniform and the badge every day to protect and serve are good people with good intentions. But just like anything else, there's bad apples in any in any sphere of influence uh, or, or organization or, or company. Um, so let me ask you this. Did racism keep you down from moving up in the police department? No, you know, it's funny. I think I, I had a little bit of black privilege going on there because <laughs> I was a minority. They needed a minority voice. So they, they bumped me up. Now, of course, I'm, I'm charismatic. I can speak really well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was very presentable as a police officer. But, you know, I think I had a little black privilege going on. However, 
racism and, and prejudice or whatever never stopped anything that I've done. I never even experienced it or at least no, noticed um, anybody being biased or racist on a police department, not one ounce. Um, and it never definitely never pre- prevented me from being very successful. Well, and you also have a very unique insight because you were raised in not a not very good part of Houston, Texas. Most of everybody around you was black. And I think that we hear some of this coming out in LeBron. LeBron actually shared the same thing. He was you know, raised in this kind of the same way until he got retransplanted to another school where pretty much everybody was white. But there is is let me ask you this. Is there racism in a lot of the black communities, especially in urban neighborhoods? Well, when you when you talk about racism, and I just want to correct this because I know people that from my hometown would be mad at me if I didn't. Uh, yeah, Fort Worth, Texas, instead of Houston, you know, because there's a big rivalry going on in, in Fort Worth and Houston. So, <laughs> so oh, you were in Fort Worth. Fort Worth. So my funky town people right. know what's up. So, uh, you know, when you talk about racism, you know, white versus black racism, we, we didn't experience that. You know, I lived around nothing but black people. Um, so all of the hatred and, and negative things that went on was black people versus other black people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I grew up around black people where racism went the other way, where, you know, I heard sentiments of racism from black people towards white people. You know, my family, you know, some of the older people in my family hated white people. Uh, mm-hmm. They would call them crackers and stuff like that. And and also, you know, you couldn't bring a white girl home. I mean, you, you you're crazy if you think you're going to date a white girl. Now, that's not from my wow. parents, but you talk about peer pressure. You talk about, you know, other family members that that will present that, you know, in my school, Fort Worth and, and Dunbar High School, which is named after he ended up killing himself. And wow. so it, it's it, it was a lot going on that people never really talk about. But racism wasn't even a factor um, in the community I grew up in. So, you know, it's so interesting. Um, I dealt with some of that. I actually had a girlfriend um, uh, in my early high school years that I couldn't go home with her. Like her dad, her parents didn't know that I was dating her. I was in Northern California, very uh, rural and uh, predominantly Caucasian area. But I I couldn't I couldn't go back with her. I had to have my white friend go pick her up at her house and bring her to the prom because they wouldn't let her go if they know she was dating me. So a little reverse there. Horrible, though, that somebody, you know, he committed suicide. The the, the hate and the bullying uh, that exists is is real, even in just inside the black community. Um, why do you think race is such a prevalent issue before? And I want to give people a teaser, too. We're going to get into a bunch today. I've got a clip from that police officer, the amazing police officer that we're going to go over a little bit later. We're going to talk about some vaccine issues and what they're talking about uh, and uh, some more amazing stuff. But why do you think right now in the public limelight for, for most of the mainstream media outlets, why do they continue to push the whole race baiting narrative? Money, money, money. It's all about, <laughs> it's all about money, man. You know, like, of course, if you push an emotional uh, rhetoric, people are going to watch your, your, your show. People are going to, you know, tune in and you're going to get paid from advertisement. And then also these politicians and, and, and some of these community leaders like uh, Benjamin Crump and them, they, they getting paydays. You know, when you pay out, when the police department pay $27 million to the family and you are representing them in a, in, in a civil suit, you're going to get some money. And yeah. there is a, a incentive for people to project or push an agenda that's going to be lucrative and, and make them a lot of money and success. So I think that's the main reason why it's pushed. It's not pushed because it's going to help anybody, because when they push the rhetoric, there's no solutions. They never have any solutions. And then right. when they get pressed on it, they say it's systemic, which is systemic is like saying there's a boogeyman. You'll never find it. You know, you can always okay. claim that he's under the bed or in the closet. You would never find it. He's invisible. And they just keep continue to use that 
idea to, to, to go as far as they want to go with it. Yeah, I think that's perfectly put as the boogeyman. You can't ever point to it. There's nothing structurally anywhere in any part of our society currently today that is trying to keep people down because of the color of their skin. Are there some bad apples out there that may not like you because of your color? Yeah, but there's also some bad apples out there that may not like you because of your sex, because of your weight, because of your height, whatever. Uh, it's just it's a constant dividing of uh, of America from the majority of the mainstream media. And it's pretty sad. Yeah, 100 percent. You know, it's I don't know why, you know, people continue to miss this. You know, it's a it's a hate a sin condition that people are in and mm. that's why they hate other people. And they have a myriad of different reasons. You know, some people, some siblings hate each other, you know, cause, cause daddy shows you more attention than me. You know, it has nothing to do with race. That is not even outside the family. You know, there, yeah. there's a, there's discrimination and, and, and prejudice within, you know, family units. So it's going to always be persistent. But the, the question is, David is like, how do you deal with it? That's, yeah. the, that's the that's the front facing matter here is that when things come against you, how do you respond? How did what story are you telling yourself in your mind? Either the one that's telling you that you're a victim and you're never going to be anything or the story that's telling you that you're going to be su successful in spite of any um, adversity that's, that shot your direction. Exactly. That's what should be being asked to everybody. And what are, we should be teaching and training our kids is how to respond to any adversity, uh, any hate that comes at you for any reason. Regardless, it doesn't define you. And yet that seems to be exactly what, uh, you know, college campuses, professors, teachers uh, seem to be teaching our kids, which leads me to this. This woman was caught yesterday. Uh, I think it was shared yesterday morning, maybe the night before, uh, where she was absolutely berating one of our heroes, uh, a police officer from San Dimas, Los Angeles County, I believe. And uh, I'm going to show you this clip and then I'll, I'll get your your take on it. And then for all of you out there, we know this woman's name. I found out who this woman is and she's a teacher. So we're talking about people that are teaching our kids. Imagine the kind of hatred that must have been ingrained in who she is as a person that was coming out on the students that she was teaching. Here's the clip. That's not just a feeling. You're a murderer. OK. Can you zoom in on that for me? Sure. Jim? Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal and I'm a teacher. So oh, there. Congratulations. Murderer. You're a murderer. What's your last name? I can't see that there. Well, if here you, you stop, go, murderer. Stop shaking. Zoom in on that for no, me. No, because huh? you're scaring me. Oh, you're threatening to kill me and my son. You're threatening to kill me and my family. You're a murderer. That's just a short clip. She must have called him a murderer 10 times. Brandon, as a as a former law enforcement officer, how does that make you feel to see a member of the community and especially a member of the black community? We were talking before this. You were like, please don't let that lady be black. But how does it make you feel to see anybody treating a law enforcement officer like that? Well, it's, it's you know, two things are here. You know, it's incredibly, you know, disappointing to see somebody that brain dead. I mean, her brain is completely fried for her yeah. to even say half of the stuff she said to that guy. You know, in the police officer, you, you got to think it's like a it's like a two year old yelling at you and calling you dumb and ugly. You know, you're like, OK, this is a two year old. Just do what you got to do and get up out of here. I'm grown. You know, right. so the police officer probably isn't is phased as much. But when you do that on a residual basis and everybody's doing it, you know, it could kind of take a toll on you. However, I was praying to God. When I when I was watching that, I said, please don't let her be black. She can't be black. She can't. Please, please, God, let her be white or something, because I am tired 
of black people acting like this. Yeah. What, what are you what are you even saying? You are a professional person. You're a teacher. You have a child in the car and you're calling the guy murder and saying that he's trying to murder you and your child. Like how deranged do you get at police lights? Like what 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 is going on in your mind that yeah. you think you're going to do this and you're recording yourself doing this live? It, it's 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 maddening. What do you what do you think uh, drives a person? How do you think somebody? And I'm going to show her picture. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna expose this woman because it's public record. It's a matter of public record. She's a teacher. She's on file. A number for where you can call to voice your concerns over this woman teaching anybody's kids uh, is going to be in here. Uh, but how do you think a person gets to this level of? Uh, just it's almost like a form of just dementia. It's hate dementia. It's just it's how did they get to that level, Brandon? Well, I call it systemic brainwashing. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, these people get brainwashed into believing this this mythical character of a police officer that's walking around with a hundred knives ready to kill people. You know, it's not the case. And then so what happens to people is that they build this anxiety, they build yeah. anger and frustration up. And when they're presented with a cop in real life, they, they don't know what to do with themselves. She was expecting him to be a, a jerk. She was expecting him to get all crazy because she has been brainwashed to believe that that's what cops do. And the nicer he was, the more respectful he was, the more professional he was to her. She got even more irate and started to say crazy stuff like you're trying to kill us. That she she had her brain had nowhere else to go when it when it began to be exposed to the truth. I wonder if she voted for Trump. <laughs> Voted to, voted for impeachment on Trump. Probably, exactly. You know, so. Yeah, I, I shared a video and I'm like, you know what? There, that is one clear way for anybody to see why it's a good thing that we have conservatives in our country and why it's a good thing to be. Because I don't know any conservative, none of my conservative friends. I don't know anybody that would ever treat anybody like that, especially a law enforcement officer. Yeah, just imagine, just imagine, David, in the audience, if the roles were reversed. And a police Ooh. officer was berating a black person like that, or or, or if a, if a white person was berating a black person like that in any capacity, I mean, just telling flat lies, recording all of these different things, you know, that this person cannot be an educator in, in, in any level because yeah. she's clearly it's not it's not exactly what she's saying. It's the it's the un, it's the fact that she's unstable, like her her Very. mind is incapable and mature enough to be able to treat people with respect. She, she cannot be trusted with your children. It, just imagine if your children are the, the, the children of a police officer. What are you going to say? Yeah. You're, you're, your dad is a murderer. Your mom is a murderer. You can't, you can't do that to children, and this person has been exposed as being unstable. And it, it's sad because as unstable as she is, I'm, I'm assuming she has some self-awareness to know that she's struggling. She put herself on camera. The, the police officer had his own body worn camera, I, I believe. I have to verify yeah. that, but I think he bought no. his own camera. He to- did. I had I had several of people when I posted and I said, help me contact this person. I know his name. I know exactly what department he's at. I'm not going to share that information. He didn't want to share this video and have anything happen. Tucker's already talked about it. Uh, so many people are talking about it. But personal friends, one lady that actually works with him, uh, he's her partner at the station, she said he bought his own body cam on, on by himself. He bought it personally just to wear to make sure that every single encounter was always captured. And the sad thing is, she said, that's not the only time he's captured something heinous like that. Oh, oh my, my man. Like when I was a cop, I, people used to do the worst. And it was it was black people. 
it, it, it was it's unfortunate, man. And people think I'm just saying this. They like, oh, you hate black people or not? No, I pull over white people. They may be nervous. You know, one lady was shaking like this and I'm like, calm down, you know, and nothing's going to happen to you. So nerves is not the problem. But when I pull over a black person, it too, I'm going to give you two examples. I pulled over a young man. It was like three o'clock in the morning, expired registration. And we normally ticket for expired registration. This guy, I pulled him over. He had tenant windows to where you couldn't see anybody in it. Um, he pulls over. He rolls the window down and he looks out the window. He looks Hispanic or, or whatever. He, he says, you pulled me over because I'm black. And I said, Fool, I'm black. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he like, oh, you know, but I'm like, bro, you you driving on suspended driver's license. I should give you a ticket for the tenant windows and you look Mexican. What are you right. what are you even thinking? And then another situation, and I just told this story uh, at a lunch that I was just at, is that it was a it was a white lady driving and, a, and a, her boyfriend was in a passenger seat and he's black. Now, my partner is white. He was out on the driver's side with the white lady and I just so happened to be the backup unit and they didn't see me out there. So he's berating my partner who's a white, young white man. He's telling him, you pulled, you pulled us over because I'm black. As his girlfriend is saying, baby, stop. I'm wrong. My registration expired. You know it's expired. Why are you doing this? He's wow. going on and on. I, I end up talking to him and at the end of the conversation, after I exposed his thought process, I said, you know, why are you treating his officer like that? Well, because they out here killing. I said, no, no. Have we killed somebody? Have the Tucson Police Department done anything to you? Have you been done wrong by police in Tucson? No, we're not. Well, it's the same mm. sentiment of black and police officers. Uh, just because a black person did something stupid the other day and I had to chase him down and we got, got into a fight. Don't mean every black person is like this. End of the yeah. traffic stop, he go, you the best officer to, you know, wish every officer was like you. And it's like, no, nah, brother, if I wasn't there, you would have been berating this police officer. And, right. and those things are, are, are too much, too prevalent. Yeah, way too prevalent. You know, I, I know from the one lady I know, a friend of ours from back in California, every time she got pulled over, she would just immediately start crying. And 90 percent of the time she would get out of the ticket. You got people that get different reactions. It's like if you haven't done nothing wrong. You shouldn't have a reason to have an issue with the police. Some people just get mad, though. It's like they know they got caught, you know, and they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to be held responsible for it. Be responsible. Own up to your mess. But at the very beginning and end of the day, I'm going to show you this woman's picture and face here in a second. Don't ever, ever treat an officer like this. I'm going to show you this uh, in just a second. A quick word from my sponsor. Friends, if you like the David J. Harris Jr. show and you want to support me, my number one sponsor is Mike Lindell, and he needs our support. Canceled by 25 big box stores, he's lost $65 million in revenue this year alone. I talked to Mike, and I said, Mike, is Trump 2020, is that still the best code you got? It's the best code for the best discounts. I said, it's not 2020 anymore. He said, I still believe something is going to shift. So he's got Trump 2020 up there. I am, be I am with him. Find something there up to 66% off of whatever you find. I love his mattress topper. I love his sheets, his towels. I've got his bathrobe and his slippers. I may even get his new mattress that's coming out. Use the code TRUMP2020 at MyPillow.com. And uh, Michael, no, you heard it here. All right, Brandon, let's get into this. That's I your think saying. I want to buy some Mike Lindell stuff now. You know, I want 60% off. I need, I need to go and pull up that shop. I start shopping. <laughs> so 2020, baby, I'm telling you. I love it. I do. I love all this stuff. I got his bathrobe. I put that on in the morning time. Really? I got his slippers around the house. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up, too. I'll get you some. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so here is this woman that yelled at the officer, woman who yells at the officer. Unfortunately, Brandon Tatum, she's black. Woman who yells racist statements at Latino cop calling him a murderer is Professor Kulunda Ray Iwumazi. 
or mm. Maizu, a.k.a. Kalunda Jenkins. That's who this woman is uh, that, uh, that went off on the officer in that short clip that you saw there. Um, he, there's Bill Melligan out of uh, Fox LA that shared that clip as well. I've shared it, but let's get down to uh, let's get down. There shows part of the clip. Let's get down to her information. How did how did so much hatred wind up in that woman? It really makes you wonder if she just never was able to get over her personal you know issues. I mean, hey, she's got some white friends. It looks like, uh, but if they have ideologies that are all the same, well. Uh, then uh, that's, that makes you wonder as well. Basic skills transformation. Here's, here we go. Employers directory, WLAC.edu, faculty and staff. And there she is right there, Kalunda. Uh, adjunct instructor. Let's see if, uh, let me see. Well, that, that's where you can go to get her details. I had another clip. It's not loaded right now that has a, the full number there. But that's who you know who to call. West L.A. College online directory for Kalunda Ray Iwumizu, I believe is how it sound, is pronounced. Um, this woman is a teacher. This woman is teaching our kids, your kids. Makes $85,000 a year. Uh, total pay, 88 with benefits, 11. Total pay, 90, 100 grand a year this woman's making to teach our kids. Uh, how, much of the, how much of her personal beliefs, Brandon, do you think ooze out into her teaching children or are well, you well you know if she's that deranged then it has to be just oozing on her kids oozing on everybody else i a hundred thousand dollars a year and you that dumb that that to me it, i don't know if it speaks to the to the education system or not how can you make it to a to be an adjunct professor and you aren't even capable of uh, of of having emotional um awareness like you can't yeah. act like that like you, you can be bad at a cop, but you should be the mature adult as you are leading uh, young people to, to, to our future. You should be uh, uh, able to say, you know what, I'm going to treat this officer kind because I'm going to set an example of how people should treat each other. And if he's a jerk to me, I got him on camera. I'm the right. kind one. He's the dummy. But this is another thing that I, I think and, and I'm, I'm very curious to know a little bit more about her about her uh, her family history. When I would go around in universities and she seemed like she had an African name. Most immigrants who come here come here with a very pure perspective. They yeah. have no problems with white people. They right. don't know nothing about racism. They don't experience it in Africa. Um, maybe some classism or whatever, or maybe even colorism, but they don't experience racism in Africa. And, and they come here and they're very green. And what happens is black folks that live here, that have been here, create this lie and pitch it to them. And so they don't know what's going on. And they believe the blacks who are here that there's some systemic right. racism problem going on. And, and it's sad because I never forget. I was at ASU talking to three people who came from Nigeria and they were all separate people. They didn't even know each other. And the young girl was like, yeah, I, I never experienced racism, but it was, I didn't know until they told me. So she started giving examples of racism. And I said, that's not racism. <laughs> Do you, you don't know. You don't know if that person felt that you can't read their mind. Right. Don't let people trick you. This this country is not racist. Take advantage of the greatness in this country and stop listening to these naysayers. Yeah. You know, the, it, what, what's ringing right now in, in my heart is as you're speaking is uh, uh, somebody said it's a quote. Somebody said and it just but it, it makes sense. Racism isn't uh, it, it's it's not inherent. It's learned. It's not it's not inherent in us. It's a learned issue that people 
create and then teach other people. And that's probably what happened with this woman. For one more little plug I, for the officer, I have his name again. I know exactly who he is. I know his his uh, department that he's out of. Uh, anybody that yo- goes to davidharrisjr.store and uses the code LEO, you'll save 10% on your order and 25% of those orders are going to go to that officer. I'm going to send him a check. That'll just be, hopefully it'll make him feel good. It's it's interesting. The lady that reached out to me and said, hey, I know exactly who he is. He's my partner. Uh, I, I, I shared, one of the things I shared with her is there's a lot more people out here that support you than don't support you and that the media would make you think. And she said, this is, it kind of broke my heart a little bit. She said, I'm starting to believe that. So here, this is coming from an officer that wasn't in the middle of this, but is an officer actively out every single day to protect and serve that is questioning whether or not we there's people out that actually support them. Yeah, and it's crazy because there's a lot of, you know, because you don't deal with the regular public when you're a police officer, right? I mean, people like you and I, we never have real interactions with police on a, on a day-to-day basis. They're normally in these places where there's heavily crime it's, it's heavily crime written people out here killing and raping and all this other stuff so we deal primarily with individuals in this situation so day to day and also you know you don't nobody's having a birthday party they're like hey officer tatum come over to our birthday party we want you to celebrate with us you know it's like somebody got shot at the birthday party and right. now i'm showing up right. you know so yeah people people are experiencing you or you you have an experience with people at their worst moment and they're not happy to see you most of the time. And some of them you have to fight or shoot or take to jail. It's not a pretty moment. And so you never really get thanked for the things that you do. However, yeah. on the flip side, when you do interact with normal people who are not breaking the law and killing and stealing, um, you, 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 you have access to hearing how much people really respect and love you. Yes. Yeah, that's so that's so true. Uh, all right, we'll get off of this, but I'm going to come back because you got a book out. I'm going to make sure I pl- plug that. I want you to talk a bit about that. But first, uh, I want to get your reaction to uh, to this clip, right? Everything right now in so many states for so many of us around the country, it's nonstop mask. You got to wear a mask everywhere. Certain states, Florida, Texas, uh, how is it in Arizona? Is it like you don't have to wear a mask or there's still businesses that are enforcing their rule of law on the people and say, well, in this business, you still got to wear a mask. How, how is it over there? Yeah, interestingly enough, it's a, it's about 50-50, you know. Um, I don't wear a mask anywhere unless they make me, you know, and I respect private businesses. So if they want to make me wear a mask, I either don't go in or I put the mask on for two seconds before I sit down. So, right. you know, uh, so, but for, by and large, most people aren't wearing masks here. You know, we, we don't, the grocery stores, um, I just went to eat with one of my friends at lunch and I didn't wear a mask. They won't even, they haven't said anything to me. Uh, people aren't, most people aren't riding around in a car with a mask on looking like complete idiots. So, you know, I think that we're a little bit more liberated than other places. Yeah, that's what I think, too. When I see somebody in their car by themselves with a mask on, I've even seen a lady with two masks on and a face shield. <laughs> and I'm like, what is wrong with you? Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Like, what is wrong with you? You are by yourself. But that just shows the level of fear that the mainstream media and a lot of politicians, uh, obviously mostly Democrat politicians, have pushed on the American people. So the next layer of that, I fear, I believe is coming because we're seeing it, we're seeing hints of it already is now it's all about the vaccine and you got to have a vaccine passport. Uh, and yet even the vaccine passport, they still want you to wear a mask. So it's like, how does that even make any sense? But let's listen to this, uh, this clip from MSNBC where they're talking about uh, the people that are choosing not to get vaccinated. Now, the vaccine-resistant Trump crowd is becoming a problem 
for the rest of us. That's because the country is fast approaching a tipping point when vaccine hesitancy will become the biggest hurdle to achieving herd immunity. So after a while, so-called vaccine hesitancy might be better described as reckless endangerment. Reckless endangerment, brother. Isn't that like, uh, can't you be cited for reckless endangerment? Isn't that like breaking a law? Yeah, I mean, you go to jail, you know, for yeah. doing things like that. So, you know, this guy is, her brain is, another person's brain is completely dead. I don't know if her wig is not on straight and it's bothering <laughs> her today, but I don't know what, this is. This should tell you that something is a problem, right? If masks work, then why do you need the social distance? If social distancing work, why do you need to wear a mask? If the vaccine work, why do you need to wear a mask and social distance after you take the vaccine? You, you they, they, It's a never-ending cycle. It is yeah. never going to end. These people are brain dead. And, and it's funny because she is promoting this, and unfortunately, minorities are eating it up. Yeah. Most black people I know have, and I say this, one of my family members, and I'm not going to say who it was, they came on my house the other day, had two masks on. And I'm like, oh, no. you, why are you even here? If you thought you were going to catch it, why you get on a plane and come over here? You know, <laughs> you know, I respect people's opinions, but I'm like, too uh, masked? Like, you watching too much CNN. They must not watch your show. No, they, you know, she don't watch my show. <laughs> she loves hey, at me. Least, she at loves least me, you have family that doesn't watch your show that'll still come to your house. I, I've got so many family members, especially, mostly, actually, Actually, all probably on the black side of my family, right? My mom's side of the family is white, dad's side is black, that they don't follow me. I had one aunt actually throw me under the bus when I was dancing at a Trump rally with Terrence. She reposted it and said, looking all stupid or something like that. Uh, it's just it's crazy the hate that we get. But so at least at least your family member that doesn't watch your show doesn't mean that they don't like your content, but at least they uh, still came to your house. Yeah, and they still invite me to speak at certain things or whatever. So they love me to death. But however, I think they trust the media over the over their son. I now I didn't gave it up. It's my stepmama. So anyway, <laughs> and I love her to death. So but they, you know, I, I wanted to make the difference. You know, my mama would get mad if I said it was her. It was my stepmama. But yeah, I love totally. them to death. And and you know, I disagree, but they love me and I love them back. But you know, it, it, how who told her that it was the two masks was going to be legitimate, you know. Fauci did. Yeah, I know. I, right. Two better than one. Three and this guy. Two. And this guy, he he said, "Don't wear a mask at first. They told he probably said right. he laughed. They laughed on TV. Oh, don't wear a mask. It's not going to be effective. Now you touching your face right. and everything. So the mask is not effective. Now you got to wear three of them. And then you yeah. got to wear a vaccine, social distance with three masks on. And it's like, who? Stevie Wonder can see these people lying. If something ain't right. <laughs> Even if they're not lying, something is not right. Let me let me tell you this. Here's another thing that, that I thought about. My wife told me the other day, there's been this, this talk about, you know, fertility issues when it comes to people who take the vaccine or people who yep. are around people who take the vaccine because it sheds and it's yes. causing women to have illegal, uh, irregular periods and, and having problems with, with giving birth and stuff. So then you wonder, you say, is there an element to these mm -hmm. people who have these conspiracy thoughts that, this could have something to do with reproduction and, and, and like it's somehow there's a component of population control, you know, infused in this inadvertently You're, or intentionally. You are going down a rabbit hole that I have also gone down and I'm, and I'm uh, trying to be careful about how much I say. And here's the one thing when you were saying that it's like if a person was just to hear what you said, which is the same thing that I've discovered in a lot of the research that I've done already, which is one person gets poked. And then they have the ability to actually shed some of the spiked proteins, I believe, because we're constantly shedding, you know, body uh, uh, skin. We're, we're constantly shedding skin. 
So people are shedding this. Other people that did not get poked are then having issues, m- menstrual issues. My my wife's one of the ladies that does. I don't forget if we have his hair, nails, or facials or whatever for my wife. She did not get poked. Somebody that she somebody that she sees did get poked, and then she, my wife's friend, started having menstrual issues. This is this is not like, this is not far fetched. This is actually yeah. happening. And and here's a click a, a quick example. All women should know this. I've got two daughters, adult daughters, and when they come to the house, their cycles can change. Well, why is that? I don't know why. I just know just being around other females for an extended period of time, days, their monthly cycles can change. So add that element of what you just said, what we just said about people that get the vax that are around people that haven't and menstrual, something is happening. Let me, give, let me give you an example, you know, and I, I don't mean to be too personal, but we got to keep it real because people are probably experiencing this. Like, you know, my wife just had had our baby. You know, he's, a, you know, a few months old. And, you know, my, again, by the way, thank you. I appreciate it. He's a, he's a pain in the rear sometimes, but I love him to death. He's going to be a big, big, little uh, handsome young man one day. But I, thought, wife, he was gonna, I, thought, I thought you were going to name him David, but it's OK. <laughs> <laughs> like King David, the Bible, not not after David Harris. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm named after King David. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you know, so my wife, you know, after she had the baby or whatever, you know, as a period of time go by, all fathers and, and mothers know this, there's a period go go by and then, then then your wife will go on a cycle again, you know, be normal again. Yeah. And so we, her friend that came over to our house was, vet, was, was poked and her friend had been over here, you know, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, as soon as her friend leaves the day. Because my wife was wondering, she was like, well, I hope we're not pregnant again. You know, so soon as her friend leaves, all of a sudden it comes. And it's like, why did, was it because of that? Because my wife had had no experience. We've been around so many people. We've traveled. All yeah. of these different things. Right after her friend that got poked. Because we don't know anybody that got vaxxed. So right after wow. her friend that came by, that happened. So it's like, wait a minute. Is, are, are we, is something like this happening? The question is that people should be able to ask the questions. Exactly. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be shunned or banned because they just have a question, you know, exactly. about what's going on. It's confusing. Yeah. No, we should be able to ask the questions. We shouldn't. I mean, with censorship, it's so crazy because we have to self-censor and we know they're listening to us. I mean, we're, you know, with the platforms that we've got and they're listening to little little people with little platforms. I see people that have a few hundred followers on on Instagram that are getting blasted and, and yanked off and, and whatnot. So it's crazy the amount of censorship that's being done. The question is, why can't we just even talk about stuff that we know is happening and ask questions about it? I got one more video on this whole topic right here and how they're trying to demean us. And if you notice, read in that first clip. She's called as Trumpers. It's like they're still trying to demonize anybody that supported President Donald Trump. Uh, This lady does the same thing. Watch. I don't know how the right got so far ahead on um, creating um, such a political connotation around the conversation about vaccine passports. There are all sorts of things you have to do to travel to all sorts of different places. How has that debate become so corrupted so early? I don't know, but it's bad. Um, I live in a state that is uh, the state legislature is dominated by Trumpers and they are busy making it illegal for a business to require 
uh, a passport, a vaccine passport. And now they're politicizing uh, the appropriate way to encourage people to get vaccines, uh, which will cost lives. Will cost lives. Trumpers. Minimize what she said. Trumpers will cost lives. The massive push for this. You know, I'm finally going to say my body, my choice. And that actually means something in this scenario. It doesn't when you're talking about a baby with its own body inside of a woman in a woman's body. But the the way that the mainstream media is coming after everybody to demonize, criminalize, say we're going to cause deaths. What do you make of it? These people are brain dead or evil. One of the two. Their, their minds are gone or they're evil. And this is why I say this. How, like Trump is the last person that you can try to connect um, the, the, the hatred or vitriol against vaccines to. Trump is the one that started the vaccines. His administration had the vaccine ready to go before he left office. This is one of the things I don't agree with Trump on is that Trump continues to push the vaccine. His daughter got the vaccine on Instagram. I saw the picture and I was like, I couldn't even like it. So I agree. Trump has always mentioned taking vaccines and different things like that. And I disagree with him. So, you know, that they're lying. This man has pushed it way further than his followers want to go with it. However, it's not a Trumper thing. It's a thing that people listen. People have been against vaccines, not just covid people don't take flu me and my wife don't take the flu vaccine we haven't taken it for like eight years now my wife before that her mom don't take it anymore um we we don't we didn't vax our son so there are people there's people who believed in not vaccinating their children or getting vaxxed themselves before this so why all of a sudden is it so creepy and let me tell you this they don't have any other mandates like this for vaccines for adults who have to go to work who may want to travel on vacation. There is not, you don't have to get a flu vaccine to do this. And this is just another flu. This is right. another form of flu. And so it's, it's crazy that these people come on TV and say these things. Unfortunately, people are, are, are tricked by the things that they say on a day-to-day basis. It seems very intentional to demonize the po- the, the population that says my body, my choice I'm not going to do it. You know, I was also doing some research. I I wonder how many Americans understand that it's normally it normally takes up to 10 years, 10 years to get a vaccine approved through all the clinical trials. And the research that I said that I studied and read said for safety, it's been a year and they are pushing this on everybody. David, it it hadn't even been a year yet when Trump released it. It it hadn't even been a year. And Dr. Fauci on television, right when it first first started, me and my wife used to always watch it every day. We decide to quarantine like like they told us to. We watch it every day. 15 days. And they said, and the the guy said, Fauci and him said, and I remember him saying this, and because Trump was pushing that he wanted to get the vaccine done. Fauci said, there's no way. It, It takes at least a year to do clinical trials, to even give it a possibility to be accepted down the road. Fauci yeah. said that. I remember because I was like, man, they trying to, you know, Trump is ambitious and they trying to stop him from doing something. And, right. and now he he got it out in less than a year and people are having side effects. P- things are happening to people. And we don't know. We don't have enough research to know what is going to happen in you next year. What's going to happen in you right. in 10 years? Yeah. You know, people are having adverse getting poked and passing out instantly. So just imagine 10 years from now, does it have an effect on the body 
that materializes later on in life? Does it make you infertile? We won't know until we have 200,000 people or 400,000 people who can't have children anymore. And what are they going to say? Oops, we were sorry. It was a clinical trial and you guys voluntarily took it. Like it's, it's horrible that they they're doing this. And again, this is our opinion to anybody that's watching this, trying to say, Oh, these are facts there. You're right. These are our opinions. I think our opinions are valid though, because we're Americans and we speak our mind. So we should, we should be able to talk about issues like this that are happening in our country. Uh, and it really makes you wonder what's really going on behind the scenes when, you know, I, I and you both understand we're in a spiritual battle for our country, for the world. Uh, and there seems to be some very nefarious evil that is trying to creep in and push and dominate uh, the will of the people that just want to be free Americans and appreciate our what our founding fathers gave us. Um, all right, let's get off of that. I got one more video and then we're going to get on to your book. This is just I, I watched this video and it's a translation. I, I don't even know. How we get to a point where we would literally need a translation for what the president of the United States is saying. But I did not know some of this. I didn't even know still till I watched this video yesterday. I did not know what Biden had said until I watched until I watched this video and read the transcription. Let me get your take. Absolutely determined as Murphy and others are to get this done. I'm absolutely determined as many others are to get this done. Barack and I think it's a right for people to have bad health care. Barack and I think it's a right for people to have better health care. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international pressure. <laughs> I didn't know. Did you know uh, some of those some of those things he said? Did you actually know what he said until you I, saw I, that? I'm surprised that the translator could figure it out. That that dude, that's the president of the United States. True international pressure. True, I thought he said true international depression. I, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know what he was talking about. Come on, man. It's, come it's, on, man. Uh, it's yeah. Come on, man. It's sad. You have to laugh. I'm not laughing at the man because I honestly believe he's got uh, mental health issues. What's sad for me is that his family would allow him to even run for president, knowing that he's looks like seemingly he's battling the mental health issues that he is and that the DNC would do the same thing. Yet that's how bad they wanted to win or steal. Obviously, I believe that it's there's no way he got 80 million votes from his basement. But uh, what what are your thoughts on? All the people. Have you had any family or friends that voted voted for Biden that have reached out and said, "What did I do?" Yes, yes, in in, in a roundabout way. You know, I, you know, I love my father, and I'm gonna put him out here real quick. But you know, my dad voted for for Joe Biden. I was mad. I was like, "What? what why would you do this?" And, and I think that he just had a problem with Trump, not not necessarily that he supported Biden. However, we talked the other day from the state, you know, the, the address to Congress, and I said, "Daddy, did you see that?" He didn't use the word African-American. Now, one time he can have bills for Asian. He can have mm-hmm. now. He probably did. I just didn't hear him. He, he can have a bill for Asian hate crimes. He can have a bill for LGBTQ. He can have, he can talk about how he want to give illegals, you know, rights in this country and give them citizenship. He ain't got he ain't got no plans for black people. And then he get up there and try to say this country is a racist country and that law enforcement is systemically racist. I mean, he goes down a list of saying this and I'm like. Yeah, that, my daddy shaking his head. No, I, don't, I don't believe in that. I, I don't believe in that stuff. And there it go. You know, I'm like, Dad, I told you. I told you they clowns. I, I told you they were just they were telling you what you want to hear. 
Trump bad, Trump bad. And that's how they was trying to get votes. But then when you put the rubber to the road, what are they doing? They're not doing anything. They yeah. don't have no plans. It's, it's all a farce. And your dad is a believer, right? Yeah, my dad is a believer. He's a strong man. He's a conservative. He just he just he's slowly figuring it out. Or, or maybe he just can't identify with some Republicans. But my dad is a conservative. He believes in everything that everything people hear me saying. My daddy agreed probably with 90 percent of what I'm saying. So, mm. you know, I don't know how these people convince my dad of the of the covid and all this other stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure how they convince him that any of that stuff makes sense. It's called programming. And every right. time they turn on their television, they're getting programmed. Yeah. What well, they call it? Tell a vision. So it's telling you a vision as a yeah. false vision. Yep. So, yep. Well, I met your dad. Love your dad. Big ups to him. Uh, honor and, and respect him greatly. Uh, and it's not I mean, I want to say it's not his fault because there's so much propaganda that comes at us if we're not paying attention. Uh, I just wish and pray that so many more believers. And I really think that underneath this current administration, believers like your pops, like my pops, I, I, my dad, uh, he didn't vote for Trump in 16, but he did in, in 2020. But so many believers that didn't vote for Trump and didn't support him because of his policies that were, I believe, right in alignment, most of them with what God wants for this country. Uh, they, they allowed themselves to be deceived by the mainstream media, pushing propaganda uh, and, and telling their lies and uh, I really hope that what we're currently living under right now wakes wakes a lot of them up uh, so that we can take back the House in 2022 and take back the executive branch and get the Oval Office in 24. Yeah. You know, it's you know, my thing is this is separating the wheat from the tear. You know, people are being exposed like you can see who really is, you know, who's real, and who's not. There's a lot of pastors out here. Unfortunately, pastors out here pushing racism and pushing vaxes and you know they're doing all kinds of stuff they would never do years ago yeah. they're out here pushing political um agendas that support people abortions and stuff like they would never do that however yeah. i'm thankful that they're doing this because god is exposing a lot of people's true intentions in their hearts therefore now we can if you if you do it right you can have a a good way of navigating where do i go who do i trust yes. all you got to do is follow christ and you and you will go down the path of saying okay that person is definitely not on on, on course with what christ would want us to do and then it'll it'll lead you to a place where I believe that you would be less likely to support these people who are supporting abortion and LGBT, um, you know, marriage and stuff like that. And nothing against people that want to do that. You can do whatever you want to do. However, yeah. the people who are making this uh, mainstream and want your kids to transition at seven, they going all the way out. It's not about who you love no more. It's about they they want to they want to make your men be a different way than what they what they're naturally born to be. They are trying to push that, and and it's and, and it's, it's it bothers me a lot, man. And and like I said, and and every time I say these things, I always have to preface it because people get confused. In, in the in the Bible, it talks about love. I love yeah. everybody. Yes, I don't care what you're doing. Too. That's between you and God. However, right. when people are pushing an agenda to try to force something down our throats that's not right or trying to make us accept something that we we don't have to accept. Exactly. And I don't think you should do it on either side. If you if you want to be gay, then you be gay. I, I shouldn't make you be a Christian. And if and if you want to be a Christian, they shouldn't make you convert to something else. You be who you want to be. Don't try to push people and give them an opportunity to be free. Yeah, I think we're what we see right now is. Uh, a massive, uh, a massive identity crisis that so many people have. And, and that's why I'm just thankful. Um, 
I agree with what you said as well. The the churches, all churches aren't created equal, just like, you know, people have different ideologies and belief systems. You got to pay attention to who, you know, who you want to go listen to that's supposed to be speaking the word of God to you, truth to you. Because just like that teacher we showed in the beginning, she's a teacher, yet she's obviously way off base with uh, with how she feels about things. And it's the same way. There's, you know, there's pastors out there that are off base that are buying into this critical race theory nonsense and, you know, honoring Black Lives Matter, the organization is and hailing it as some, you know, hero to the black community when it's absolutely the opposite. You got to pay attention and know exactly, uh, you know, who's actually following God's path. And the, the God's path is freedom. You know, it's 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 freedom where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. And if you've got freedom to worship and honor God and praise him and, and believe in him, then, you know, you, uh, you're hopefully in the right place. All right. Now we're going to get over to your book, my brother. I, yeah. I can't wait for this book to come out. I know that it was pushed back because of COVID, but right now people can pre-order your book, Beaten Black and Blue, Being a Black Cop in an America Under Siege from Brandon Tatum. Defund the Police is shouted in the streets. My brother, what made you write that book? Well, you know, it's funny because this is it's a whole God thing and in, in the a, in a, in a idea of visualization. When I was a cop and I had no means to write a book or I, I, nobody even knew who I was at the time, I had a book in my heart. I actually had two. One of them was Beating Black and Blue because of the, what I felt on the police force. I felt like I was just beat up from being black and being a cop. You know, I just felt like it was coming from from both directions. But then when, when the opportunity presented itself, I was like, you know, I have to speak up for law enforcement because I've been there and I've been on the other side of being a black man in America. And so I feel like that I could speak to those issues and I have a testimony of, of, of being saved and, and anointed by, by God and, and different things that I do. And so all of those things together, I wanted to put into a book. I wanted to give people a voice, especially police officers and people who are family of law enforcement, the supporters of law enforcement, and also explain some of these things that are going on in our country, like the defund the police movement, um, you know, police brutality and all of those things. And I, I want to give police officers a voice. So I interviewed five police officers that I put in the book. One is mm -hmm. my hero, Sean Payne, who actually is the reason I, I became a police officer. So wow. I, th those are the things that I wanted to, to get out there. You know, the book means a lot to me. And I'm, I'm incredibly grateful that people are supporting the book. It's number one bestseller right now, even in pre-order status on wow. uh, Amazon. Um, and then also, you know, people, I think we had almost a thousand people get my book, signed copy, get the book in three days. So, I mean, it, it's definitely an anticipated book. Some of the people who were on my list early on, they got the first chapter of the book. So they had a chance to see, you know, what the first chapter was about. So yeah, I'm excited, man. I, I just, I'm, I'm very grateful that God has given me a, an opportunity to speak um, through this book. Well, I'm only sad, maybe, maybe since your book's pushed off. Uh, I know I had you write a little uh, message about me for my book, but I didn't, I didn't hear you reach out for me. <laughs> well, you know what, man? Any anytime you want me to have you on to talk about your book, I, I definitely will, man. <laughs> no, I mean you wrote you wrote a commentary in the in the beginning of my book. Remember? Oh, for me to, for you to write a commentary in my book? Yeah, I would have loved <laughs> to write something good about you. Oh man, you know, in my next book, I got you in the next book. All yeah, right, you know, it's I funny. You. I, I don't think I, I I don't have a forward in my book. Um, you know, I was thinking about it, you know, but you know, we were talking with the publishing company. It was like, you know, I, I don't I don't know. You know, we, we didn't we didn't want another person that's a law enforcement officer. We didn't want it to be political. We kind yeah. of wanted to be in the middle. And, you know, we'll just see where it go from here. You know, my next book, you know, I got to have you in my next book, man. You, All know, right. you, you, got, you, you better be there. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there. 
Brandon, uh, so amazing having you on, brother. I love you so much. Love your mission. Love what you're doing. So proud of you. Uh, I, I just pray that God would continue to expand your your tent pegs, give you a broader platform to reach more and more people with your truth. I just pray you continue to bless you and your family. Uh, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't even heard, nor has it come into your own imagination, the amazing things that God has for you. I hear him saying that right now. And I know you I know you got an imagination. So take it to another level, brother, yeah. uh, what God has in store for you. Final thoughts, man. Final message you'd like to share with my people today. Well, first of all, David, I want to say, you know, I'm incredibly thankful for the friendship, the fellowship, the brotherhood. Man, I love you like you, my brother. And I really appreciate all the great things that you do. You know, the reason you have an audience like this is because you bring it, man. You, you're truthful. You have you God, God led, spirit filled. And I just love that about you, man. And, and for the people that are out there, you know, focus on God, you know, in these troubled times and, yeah. and things maybe may seem like they're going astray and it's confusing and there's hate and there's division. And all you can do is focus on God, you know, and you seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of the desires and all of the peace and things that you seek and you search for those things will, I believe will be added to your path and added yeah. to your lifestyle. So yes. just keep God first, keep building your relationship with God and God will see you through these troubled times. Good word, brother. Good message. It, I had somebody actually message me on Instagram and she said, how do you do it right now in these crazy times? What do you focus on? And I said, I replied and I just said, focus on what's most important, which is family and pray, get close to God. Uh, and she said that, that, that hits the nail on the head. So, uh, you hit it, brother. Thank you again so much. Love to have you back on again in the future. I can't believe it's been so long. I think it's been a couple of years since I had you on the show. But uh, love to have you on again in the future, all right? Yeah, man. God bless you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, David. Absolutely. Brandon Tatum, everybody. The Officer Tatum. Get his book, uh, Beaten Black and Blue. You can get that on Amazon. It is already selling like crazy. Beaten Black and Blue. Go get his book. Uh, he needs our support, and we need to get that book into the hands of young people that need to understand what law enforcement is all about, what they go through. I think they'll have a lot greater respect for law enforcement when they get that book. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Don't forget to get over to my pillow. Use the code TRUMP2020 for the best discounts. You're absolutely going to love whatever you get over there. I love all of it. God bless you guys. We'll see you again next time. Bye-bye. My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show.